0: everybody, 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 drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross.
1: I'm Evan Ross Katz.
0: Evan is back. His triumphant return to the podcast. We'll see. Uh,
1: Yeah, Yeah, set set me up with low stakes, please.
0: (laughs) Uh, Evan, I haven't talked to you about Survivor 43 since episode three. We are now on episode six. Let's get the review of The Time While You Were Away. How are you feeling about the season? How did you feel about last night's episode? Any thoughts to share that you've been dying to share while you were well,
1: away? I'd like to start by reviewing Drop Your Buffs. Uh, oh, please. A, a superior <laughs> this show a super, to Survivor. This is a performance <laughs> review. It's my annual performance um, review. I have to say, so we, Billy and I were just on vacation uh, for 10 days in the south of France, so we were doing, it was like a road trip, so we were doing a lot of driving, so we were doing a lot of listening to podcasts, And I just have to say, it was such a joy um, listening to the show, because I obviously don't listen to the episodes, because here we are recording them. And the only other Survivor, like, recapping that I do is Rob has a podcast. I listen to the Survivor Know-It-Alls, and then sometimes some of the ancillary um, recaps, depending on my interest in the episode. But this is my first time really being able to listen to drop your buffs and I have to say first of all a plus Sean um, and then a plus to both Jerry and Mary. I really, I enjoyed the podcast so much that Billy and I looked at each other at one point during the Mary episode and we're kind of like, do we need Evan back on the show um <laughs> and I uh, the, the jury's still out on that so I just I have to say thank you to Jerry and Mary for doing such a great job and particularly I want to say, Jerry's sort of like buoyancy and, uh, sort of like glass, glass half full perspective on the season. Um, not only do I think was refreshing (laughs) to drop your buffs, um, but it really sort of reframed my own thinking about modern survivor even. So I just, uh, really want to say shout out to Jerry. I, I really, really loved her perspective.
0: Wow. I'm pleased to hear this. Don't forget to rate and review.
1: Yeah. And then, um, My, uh, yeah, so I, I called in last week. I thought uh, episode five, uh, last week's episode, mm-hmm. was definitely the high point of the season by a long shot. And I think uh, I think we plateaued with episode six, but I don't think it necessarily went downhill in any way. But I still feel like we're sort of like inching our way up the mountain because I was really intrigued by the scenes for episode seven. And I think a lot has slowly been set up uh, throughout these six episodes. But I think if we were... Just looking at the pre-merge, you know, portion of the show, I would not call this a strong season so far. But I am also, you know, quick to point out there have been incredible seasons of Survivor with boring pre-merge episodes um in which either seeds were planted or we just had to kind of you know get through the, the woods, as as they say. Is that what Taylor says? Because she wants to get out of the woods, right? She wants to get
0: out of the woods, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the yeah, so in the woods. So I don't think I have any kind of assessment. Uh, on season 43 holistically so far. Um, And I will say like, I am excited to see where we go. And then I just think, you know, briefly talking about six real quick, I just think there was an inevitability about last night's episode um, that made it not terribly exciting, but there are definitely some like nuances that I'm eager for us to discuss.
0: Yeah. Okay. Really great perspectives. This brought up a couple things for me. One is on the idea that very great seasons sometimes have a boring pre-merge. I will always say this, I'm going to get backlash for this, but honestly, Micronesia doesn't have a great pre-merge portion of the season, in my opinion. And often when new viewers are coming to the show and they get to Micronesia and they're like, I've heard about this. This has happened to me several times. They're like, I've heard about this season, so excited to start it. And it's like, a few episodes in they're kind of like yeah it's okay and I think it's because there's such a heavy focus on the fans that season because you end up getting the fans going to tribal or a lot of fans going out pre-merge and we just I don't think they did a great job of like uh, developing those characters very well in that season and so I think the game really kicks off post-merge I am not in any way equating Micronesia to Survivor 43 because I just think uh, that's an impossible bar to meet, but I do think that it's a great example of the fact that you can really get something taking off post-merge. Do I think it's going to happen here? I'm not 100% sure. I think that this episode would have been a great opportunity for Survivor to revisit the 90-minute or if they were going to do the 90-minute format I don't know why they did it episode two. I don't think that it was necessary. And after a two hour premiere, I think it was exhausting a little bit here. I could have used more time because I felt like, as you said, the vote was a bit inevitable and it was pretty clear, like very early in the episode, Ellie was going to go home when they gave her that confessional about how she is so great at survivor and her social game is incredible. And she's hacked to the game Uh, that like, that is the classic death knell for any player
1: right which is why i was craving that to actually be the case because to your point it's like it was she was doing that thing that always happens and so you immediately go oh she's going so i was hoping that like her actually gassing herself up in those confessionals would actually pay off like i mm. wanted that twist on the format yeah and also one question and i think i'll be asking this to you and just in general throughout this recap and beyond is sort of like I would love a better perspective on Ellie's game from Ellie's from Ellie's point of view. Because mm. Ellie, you know, we got this edit, the sort of like crazy person edit, who's scrambling, playing a little too aggressively. But Ellie's clearly a smart human being and had to have had some sense of how all the moves that she was planning to make were going to better her game. And I don't think that was, like, explained very clearly. Instead, we sort of got the, oh, this is a crazy person and they're just playing the game fast and loose. I can't imagine that that was totally the story here. I have to believe Ellie had a better game plan in mind. And so that that's one thing I'm going to still be asking is, like, I don't quite believe the narrative that Ellie was just this wild of a player and just this sort of like um, caustic. I I have to believe she had some sort of plan as to why the moves she was making were going to further her game.
0: Exactly. So that's why I think this would have been a great opportunity to do a 90-minute episode because we do see, in fact, like when you look at the vote owen voted with ellie owen did not vote against ellie sammy did gabler did owen voted with ellie uh also Noel voted with ellie and janine how did that come to be because we've They've sort of like been planting these seeds in the pre merge on each individual tribe. About, and we even saw it at the beginning of this episode that Ryan says, You know, I'm on the outs, I'm ready to jump ship from Coco. We know that Noel and Dwight were a bit on the outs in the Vesey tribe uh, when NECA went home. Uh, it was very clear that, like, it was going to be either NECA or Noel, and Noel and Dwight have this tight alliance. And so, like, that was developed. And then we get here and we we see Noel voted with Ellie and Janine and Owen, but then how did that come to be? And why wasn't Dwight involved? I just think that we didn't really get much perspective from the Coco and Vessie tribes as to like where their dynamics were. Obviously, I have to imagine Noel had developed a pretty good relationship with Janine and Ellie. We didn't see them talk in a in a sort of like two on one or one on one way we did see noelle spill the beans about cody's idol accidentally although she doesn't know i think that she did that but there must have been some bond there that unfortunately just wasn't shown on the show so i feel like there was like a little bit of a missed opportunity in terms of uh fleshing some of that out in favor of just watching Ellie crash and burn instead which I felt like maybe we had like one or two too many scenes uh focused on that where we could have spent that uh, getting some more information about the dynamics of the entire tribe
1: yeah and I think this is one of the ways in which the three tribe format can sometimes get a little too chaotic in that you're trying to retain the information about what the present state of all three tribes are while also remembering that there's this potential cross-tribal alliance that was introduced in episode four, if I remember correctly, um and Mm -hmm. then we're supposed to get the idea that within all that there's this split merge so then you as the viewer are having to pick out two separate new not actual tribes but you know two groupings of people two groupings and then discern who is from what tribe within that and then where did they stand within their own tribe because for instance you have like janine and and gabler who are on the same tribe but clearly not aligned with one another So, whereas with, you know, a standard two-tribe merge, it gets a little bit more clear. And one could argue, well, yeah, but isn't it fun, like, the chaos of not knowing who's going to go where? Sure, yes. Um, But I think that there's a point when chaos can, like, veer into too chaotic, and I think in this case it was really, I didn't walk away knowing where anyone's loyalties really lie... Um, or in some instances, it was almost too obvious. So for instance, Sammy, um, it was very clear that Sammy was never going to work with Ellie. Like that was made clear weeks ago. Sammy does not like Ellie as a player and also never explicitly said, also, because if Sammy were better at this game, he might say, hey, I don't like her. Better the devil you know. I should totally work with this person because he should have. But anyway, it was very clear. Sammy was not going to work with Ellie. Um, So I, I almost think this sort of like new era thing of like, Always, like, not really being tribe loyal. Um, I think we've seen this play out to the point where it's like, and I think I've said this weeks ago, where it's like, I just, I, I crave some loyalty on this show. Like, I would love a tribe to go in and be like, no, we're actually... We're sticking together here. The tribe, the three tribe dynamics seemed to not really matter in the edit that we were shown. I have to imagine there might have been some conversations, you know, looking because we had a 5-4-4 breakdown, um, wanting to even the playing field, but we never got that. So yeah. there was just some, so to your point, 90 minutes, yeah, I think that there's a lot of reasons, both from a character development standpoint, but also just from like an understanding of things. One other point, just real quick, sorry, but like, You have to imagine, with only five women left in this game, at least a conversation was entertained, uh, expressing the fact from someone that there have been four women, uh, the first four boots of this game, not necessarily an explicit, hey, let's form an all-girls alliance, but it's Survivor. It's Survivor 43. We're all thinking it, watching it from home. They've all watched. These are fans of the show. There had to have been some conversation about it totally
0: i think back to survivor 41 and it when it came down to i think there was only two women left in the game erica and liana and we got this confessional from erica saying i have to vote out liana and i really don't want to because i really want a woman to win this game because there hasn't been one in so long and like this is something she had to struggle with and then liana does end up going home but we get some recognition of that that this is factoring into my decision and it would have been interesting to hear especially like from noelle's point of view who voted with ellie and janine to say like you know like i maybe it didn't come into her decision but there's some reason that she voted with them and maybe uh that there was like this bond between the girls that she uh, wanted to pursue and so It's just odd that it wasn't, it's odd that it wasn't acknowledged because as you say, I think it had to have been discussed, if not as a group, then at least in confessionals.
1: Right. But all of that said, I have to believe, not not I have to, I'd like to believe uh, that the women are in a good position now because I feel like in leaving behind all of the heterosexual men in the game, there has to become a little bit of a doggy dog moving forward Mm -hmm. so i do think the target will kind of go off them but it was just so surprising to me that no one was sort of like ellie's chaos is a good thing like it seemed to just be like this universal ellie's chaotic let's get her out and it's like have you guys watched this show like you want ellie to stay like you want a target like ellie to remain she's not a threat um so that was odd to me that there was never this consideration And all the names that were being thrown out James, Cody, they seemed more arbitrary than they did, like, let's go after this person for this reason. And it's like, there are a lot of reasons to go after a player like Cody, for instance, but that never really came up.
0: Well, and I think Ellie dropped the ball on that a little bit because I don't understand why she wanted to target Cassidy and James in this split vote uh, with James being the ultimate target. Uh, that it wasn't explained to us why she decided to go in that direction. I assume maybe it's because of this relationship that clearly she formed with Noel that we didn't see. And so maybe that leads her to want to work with Vessi more closely, but Ellie is one of very few people who know outside of the Vessi tribe who know that Cody has an idol. I don't think that anybody knows about Carla's idol at this point, at least not based on anything we've seen, but Ellie knows about Cody's idol. That's a great reason to target him even to like to strategically leak that information to people. Uh that I don't understand why she didn't go in that direction.
1: I do think everyone knows about Carla's idol. Why is that? Because it's the bead thing is so obvious. They all know about it. It's clearly being talked about. It was something that all of the people know, maybe minus Noel, but like everyone knows about the beads. I think enough people know about it or it would have come up enough. People know to disseminate that information. Um, I I just feel like I feel like it's known. I feel okay. like the the way that this was designed and the re, and the fact that everyone had to sort of touch have a touch point in some way. There's a reality that some people don't know, but I have to believe that at least some people, if not the majority, if not all, know about Carla's idol. I will say though, I do feel like in this episode she did graduate to mother status. Like it, I definitely was like okay. Not only do, I think, along with many people, we believe her to be the winner of the season. But, like, I've been sort of, like, waffling on, like, do we designate her mother? Because it's, like, I think you and I are generous in who we deem <laughs> mother sometimes. But, like, this is a graduation. We have
0: too many mothers, not enough cousins.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, she, I think I think cousin to mother.
0: Okay, good. I love um,
1: that. I did want to bring up, though, like, a question sort of about, like, uh why we got the merge at this point in the game. Um, I just was curious, like why they wouldn't just wait a week. Um, we had the totally. Noel sit out um, mm-hmm. and they did that weird thing where it's like, she has to make a very arbitrary decision where it's just like, I don't know, like, and it just seemed like, let's wait one more week. It seemed like there was tension brewing in all three of the tribes that would have created an interesting, you know, one more week within the the three tribe dynamic. And, um, so I was just, was, I'm wondering from the perspective of the producers, like why did they choose this moment? And then as well, like we, again, and I know, no, it all was, was talking about this. Like, is Ellie the, is she the merge boot? Like question mark. Like it just sort of created this sort of like, is this the merge episode or is next week really? Cause this, you know, like I feel like yeah. with the tinkering of the show, like they want to just take all of these things that are like staples of the show that we love and sort of like, play with it and it's sort of like sometimes it's nice just to be like we all love the merge episode let's have an explicit merge episode shall we
0: yeah because this functions basically as a tribe swap right where three tribes become two and yet they can go and vote it would be interesting to see if they really want to do that and be like there's there's one more hurdle you have to get over before the merge i think swap them into two tribes if you want to have both tribes at tribal let one come and observe um, but it would be more interesting to just see these new tribes of six or whatever. And like, hey, if it's like at this point where there's thirteen left and somebody draws a gray rock, send them to exile. There doesn't need yeah. to be an hourglass there. There doesn't need. There, there doesn't need to be an advantage. Although you know, I I know that they would want to put one there but it would be interesting to see noelle go to exile island it's the one-off exile Island. And that's the one thing i've loved about those this March twist in 41 and 42 is the reintroduction of exile island and you you've you had like a lot of reflection at exile like we had really great moments with erica at exile we had really great moments with roxroy at exile uh it might be an interesting thing to do and and to leave people guessing like we saw an hourglass maybe there's an hourglass if there's not an hourglass then there could be something else wild going on there and wouldn't it be funny if all that was going on and and nothing was going on at Exile and it was Mm -hmm. just this personal journey for Noelle to sort of like take a pause and reflect on her game Uh, I think that that would be a good way to do it and then merge and then formally merge at Mm -hmm. uh, 12
1: So, side note, but just as we mentioned Noelle, so Noelle was on the ground, right, watching the first part of the challenge, and then Mm -hmm. we get all these cutaways when they're up on, as Jeff described, the biggest ramp in Survivor history, which, (laughs) uh, thank God for that metric. Um, But, so they're all up on that platform there, and I'm assuming Noelle remained on the ground because Mm -hmm. she was sitting out of the challenge, but we got all these cuts during the puzzle to Noelle sort of like, you know, uh uh hands in her mouth sort of chomping on her you know teeth on their fingers sort of like what's gonna happen and I'm like there's no way Noelle can see what's happening here like there's no way
0: there's no way because not only is it high up but I feel like all the the tribes were standing in front of the puzzle yeah yeah, yeah. in in the way of Noelle and I felt like there was other junk there yeah so there's no way she could see
1: but um yeah so so that there's that I was also confused with if they were going to make this, the merge episode, you would think, you know, Jeff loves his moments of, you know, suspense building. And I just was surprised that they gave them the tree mail saying it was the merge as opposed to getting them all together for the daily challenge and Jeff revealing this information to all of them at once. And they sort of, they could have had this big reaction from all three tribes together, but instead you got, And I think this has been an ongoing issue with this season of like us having to sort of like repeat beats I know this happened a lot with the beads, where it's like, do you have the one tribe finding out it's the merge, then we cut to the other tribe and they're finding out it's the merge and then thankfully we didn't get it a third time because they're just going to the other tribe who at that point we're just led to believe already know it's happening. I thought that was a strange sort of like fumbling of the ball because I love that moment. Um, it's one of those like familiar beats that I think always works of like, you think you're here for one thing. And also, I think this is an earlier emerged than usual. I think they would have been genuinely yeah, gooped to find totally. out.
0: Totally, yeah. Because so. at 13, I don't think they were expecting it. Right. But I will say, you know, Uh, I hope that Jerry is happy because we've got tree mail on the show and I know that Jerry desperately missed the tree mail. So it was nice to see that. It was nice to see a shout out to drop your buffs, not just in the tree mail, but also in a subtitle. So that was great for our Instagram feed.
1: And can I just say, I, (laughs) so I got home last night. I went to see a little life. I'm not going to say anything more about it, but if any of you know about that, uh, please understand that (laughs) I... I'm a survivor. Not everyone was Um, in the play. Uh, but anyway, uh I got home last night and I watched the episode and I saw that moment and I literally rewound it and screenshotted it and I was about to text it to you. And then I just opened Instagram and it's like, of course, Sean, not only had it, it was already up. So I was just like,
0: we are so in cahoots. It's a full time job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I, I, yeah, I agree. It would have been a better moment to get everybody together and say drop your buffs and, and we're merged-ish. But uh, actually, I really liked the mechanics of this merge because it worked differently than what we're used to seeing. Because like you say, we typically go to a challenge and then they're told to drop their buffs, the game is changing. Here, it's only Mail announcing it and then they go and they live together for 24 hours. They have 24 hours between when they find out, well-ish, between when they find out that they are merging and when the challenges and that led to some really interesting stuff like that's those are the moments where for example Noel talked about cody's hat and the beads and, and that came out in that portion where they're just getting to know each other and i really liked that i wish we saw more of it like it was a very quick scene but i think it is interesting in terms of like how the game works that they were just given this free 24 hours to get to know each other
1: Right. I, I totally agree with you. And I wanted more as well, because I think one of my favorite beats in the show and and typically, obviously the audience, we love the merge episode because it's getting all of our characters together, you know, uh, for the first time and it signals, you know, the next phase of the game. But from the player perspective, it's meant to be a time to break bread. Um, in past seasons of the show, they are starving. Um, and so they get together and they not only get to eat, but they get to have a great meal, and you sort of drop the game talk, and it's sort of about getting to know one another, oh, you're a fighter fighter, oh, you know, your mom has cancer, etc. Um, and we were not afforded that at all, it sort of became very much like, let's get together and get right to it, and I sort of miss the just people sitting around together talking, um, as well as the fact while I mention it, I'm surprised with how much the show has allowed, you know, you have that scene of Ryan knocking down, I think it's the papaya. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the show's been very, uh, we're very aware of the fact that they are not starving this season in a way that I would think that the show would try and hide it more. Like that shot of the papaya tree, that was like, it was very clear. There was like like,
0: two for every person.
1: Yeah, it was like, how many can he bring? It's just really a matter of how (laughs) many can he hold, not how many can he find. Um... So I was, I'm again, curious too, like that they have not made much of an effort in the way they did with 41 and 42 to make the game seem
0: so difficult. You know, we've gotten the like,
1: oh, you're losing your Flint. But like, we've gotten just very, very little survival from this season.
0: Yeah, and you know, further to that point, something we talked about a lot is that they are given so many more layers of clothing. Oh, hey. uh, in these days and i have to say like that shot of coco in the morning getting their tree mail everybody's wearing a new outfit it's like sweaters hoodies jackets i love the looks but i mean it's nice for them when you look back at some of the old seasons as gabby pointed out in our interview right like i wish i had that
1: yeah i just like uh, one conversation i guess i i would really like to have with a 43 or 44 player when the time comes is like I'd like some clarity around the food situation because something tells me something shifted between 4142 and 4344. I'm not sure, but like this what this seems like they're getting more than usual. I also was curious too, like when Carla um when she cut her hand uh in, mm-hmm. in the challenge, like, does medical step in now? Because what I've been led to believe is like this is a show that's like more cautious when it comes to injuries because of a fear of they don't want players being Mm -hmm. medevaced. And so part of me is like, did the challenge stop? And also, because then she's grabbing on the rope and it's like, if her hand's bloody, that just feels like, a mess for a lot of reasons Um, and a potential way in which she could like further injure herself, which they don't want. And I'm sure that the producers are aware of like her mother status in the game and like (laughs) wanting her to continue on. Like she would be such a loss. These are just moments where I'm sort of like, I want, I want more clarity uh, around how things are working at present.
0: Yeah. I do think that what happened with Carla's cut is that they, they, they let the pl- challenge play out, I imagine. If it, if anything, then they pause it just to look at it to be like, you know, you'll be fine. And we'll address it after the challenge. Because, I mean, she was still bloody at the puzzle portion. So I imagine she was, like, immediately sanitized and wrapped up. But, uh, yeah. Now, that rope stressed me out, honestly. Her having to grab that rope. I know. But I like... Did, you, did you notice? When Ryan was upside down... Uh-huh. And his shirt kind of came down. Was I seeing, like, a battery pack strap? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure what that was. And okay. uh, I liked seeing that, because you don't often... I mean, you can see the battery packs through their clothes very mm-hmm. often. But uh, I like to see that. Yeah. It really I, limits Jeff? you, I feel like. It's, what, what if you're in a challenge, and it's, like, a really hot day, and, like, your shirt's getting in the way, and you want to rip it off? Could it, Would they let them just expose the battery pack like that? Well, what was odd to me is that
1: they were even mic'd for a challenge. Um... I think they're of,
0: always miked,
1: and well, but would they be miked for like an underwater thing?
0: No, I guess not.
1: But that just yeah, was something I was I was yeah. curious about. Also, just speaking about Ryan real quick, it's like I again I I feel two ways about this because part of me is like I do not need another episode opening with the fallout from the last vote. Like I think we hit that beat constantly,
0: I and love that yet.
1: Beat. And yet I was sort of like, hey, last week was a big vote, right? It was like a, a legit blind side from the Ryan perspective. They built that episode so much around Ryan and his, you know, um, I'm going to call it more of like a Robert Downey Jr. Esque performance if I were to like put it like on the, the, the style of acting that I see it as um, they devoted so much time to that um, that I was surprised that we just like did not pick that up. In any substantive way at all, um, and again, this goes back to your point about like why could th- why this could have been a ninety-minute episode is I think that's another string that we could have pulled on to just sort of be like not necessarily wrap it up, but at least like at least acknowledge that it happened and that Ryan's I, you know I imagine if you're Ryan, you're thinking about. You know, tribe loyalty, or, or you know, making the first move on against your own tribe because of what they did to you—that never even factored at all. And I think we could have used that.
0: It's interesting to look at Ryan in this episode because I feel like Ryan is the Gabler of Coco because he is like a bit of like I don't want to say a bumbling idiot. He's like a himbo. He's the himbo he's of himbo. Survivor Forty Three, and uh, he's the need. Xander of Survivor Forty Three. Yeah, and uh, because. We do get there is that confessional at the very beginning where he's like, tribal didn't go the way that I was thinking it was. So I'm ready to jump ship. Of course, he ends up not jumping ship. He ends up voting with the majority. Um, But there are a couple moments in this episode where he just kind of like is not purposely doing anything to get information and yet he gets like a lot of information out of people and so for example like at the merge feast which i I guess we're calling the merge meal now many people messaged me about the merge meal uh to i guess make it seem like they're not getting as much i I don't know what the purpose (laughs) of that is um but
1: they came in with full bellies so it's like they can (laughs) only eat so much
0: i did love that montage of noelle stuffing her face that was cute uh but at the merge meal, Ryan announcing, hey, there's seven of us here. We could be the final seven. And everyone's like, uh, I don't think so. Like we're all, we're, which I'm surprised one that like more people didn't just go along with that and be like, great idea because that's what we've seen in the past. That's a very common way to approach because it's like, why not have this backup thing where it's like, if, if things go south for me, Janine, for example, I've got this like people who said that they would do this seven thing, So like I can always try. There's always, never shut the door. And so, but in that process, basically everybody reveals who their closest ally is, almost at the merge meal. Where they're like, "Well, I don't want this person gone. I don't want this person gone." And then, and then you get as a result of that conversation, Gabler sort of like spilling the beans about Ellie and why he doesn't like Ellie and that she's untrustworthy and that she went through his bag. And so, I feel like that that all started with Ryan's bizarre suggestion. Okay, and then later in the episode. Ryan is sitting with Janine when Gabler comes and confronts Janine. Is like, I know you have an idol. And Janine's like, can we like talk about this in private? So Ryan is just like, he's just around and he's gathering some information that like nobody else had. And so, yeah, I got to hand it to him.
1: Well, I also wonder if there's a part of him in looking at how things played out and his confidence about the vote and then realizing that you know, things weren't going in his favor. I wonder if he reassesses his gameplay at all to say, okay, I am maybe playing a little cockier than I should. I need to go more on the defense than the offense because he like has the opportunity to potentially change his gameplay based off of the perspective of knowing that his object his objectivity is perhaps not mm. um, the way things really are. Mm. But like I do, yeah, another just underlining the fact Ryan, hot, and we need hot representation. It's a pillar of Survivor, um, and I think that I'm glad that we have it. I do want to mention briefly uh, something that Mary uh, brought up in last week's episode was sort of like her feeling like the stock, her personal stock was rising on Gabler as a character. Yeah. And one thing that I felt during this episode was like my natural inclination as a gay person that watches the show that stands at the way that I do is to like be 100% pro Ellie and 100% uh-huh. <laughs> against a gay right? And also yeah, yeah. both of them are archetypes on this show that we've seen before. And I always would go towards the Ellie and yet some nuance here is the fact that like Ellie made it really hard to root for her throughout this season. There were so many times I like thought she was maybe getting a foothold, but she just made so many sloppy decisions. And then on top of that, gave those overconfident talking heads about thinking she knew what was going on when we knew that she didn't. Um, And then with Gabler, it's sort of like he has a lot of moments where, particularly like when Ellie confronted him in this episode, he really kept his cool, um, handled the situation really well. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm endeared to Gabler quite on the scale that Mary is, but I do understand the fact that I don't think Gabler is... I'm not against Gabler at this point. I'm kind of... uh, I'm fine with Gabler.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. Watching this episode, and in like the past couple of weeks, uh, as Gabler has been sort of treated like a simpleton by Janine and Ellie, uh, but managing to get pulled in by sammy and owen for whatever reason that he's been able to acquire information that he really otherwise in any other season i feel like shouldn't be acquiring and so he actually has all of the information he has the upper hand on the people who think they're in power in his tribe and then although he does it in a clumsy way like he controlled this vote this uh, this merge vote like that is a kind of a big deal um well i don't know if i should say he controlled it strategically but but he directed the vote to say like he was the one the first one and i do think that it goes a long way to be the first one to throw out a name from your own tribe like whether that's a long-term strategy that's going to pay off for him. The fact that everybody was sitting at that meal and nobody's willing to say anything and everybody's tiptoeing around each other and he's like, well, I think Ellie's an untrustworthy rat. Like, and everyone's like, great, perfect. And so like, they might, it it goes both ways because I think that in one sense, he really lowers his threat level to a point where he could be kept as a potential uh, goat. Maybe not all the way to the end, but he could just be kept around because people are like, we know what we're working with. And, you know, he just kind of says whatever he knows or whatever he believes to be true. I know what I'm working with here as opposed to like Ellie where, yeah, it's been demonstrated that she's a little untrustworthy. I don't know what I'm working with here. But also, he, like, he saves himself, I think. So although it might not take him all the way to the end, I think it gets him a lot further than it might have gotten him if he had just kept his mouth shut.
1: Yeah. I think the question remains with Gaylor, how strategic of a admission mm-hmm. was that? And how much was it just literally like a personnel thing? Like, Right, I because he, like because
0: he said, I, I threw Ellie's name out there because I wanted to throw Ellie's name out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think he is... Emerging as an interesting character, uh, who is not emerging as an interesting character to me, and someone that I am growing great disdain for in an interesting way. Like something uh, is this Sammy person? Yeah, yeah. I just smell misogyny. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been explicit, but he just feels it feels very guys guyy to me. Um, the way he just sort of like has it out for Ellie and Janine. Um, I don't like it. So I, he's definitely been a stealth player at this point. Um, and I'm just looking forward to his vote out and I, I hope it happens sooner rather than
0: later. Yeah. And look, I don't know that you should be holding your breath because I Sammy know. from day one has been getting a really really positive angle to all of his confessionals we always see him being in the right think back to we talked about this that during the sweat or savvy challenge Mm -hmm. or whatever when they had to finish that puzzle and that he came up with the the solution in scare quotes but janine actually fixed it so that it was correct because if we had gone with sammy's version they would have failed Mm -hmm. but the confessional we got was Sammy being so proud of himself with hero music playing in the background about how he did this for his tribe and he's only 19 but isn't that amazing and ever since he's 19 (laughs) have you heard (laughs) (laughs) ever since we've been getting this perspective from him of like I'm smarter than everyone else yeah uh, but it's but it's put in a way that's palatable to an American audience I'm smarter than everyone else I'm controlling this tribe uh i'm like the absolute puppet master i've got everything under control even when i don't i'm gonna get it back under control everything everything we see him say is correct in terms of how the game is playing out and i that that cannot be said for ellie for example Uh, that cannot necessarily be said for gabler so Mm -hmm. i think i think sammy is carla's biggest competition for a winner at it right now
1: which part of me is like okay take Sammy, get him to the end so that I can watch Carla take the vote eight to or nine to zero. Yeah. So like, I'm not this is the thing that I always find interesting. And this is this goes bigger than Survivor, which is that like, I am very much like a keep your villains. And Sammy at least has shades of villainry. You know, talking about Beverly Hills Housewives briefly, everyone's like, "Oh my God, get rid of Erica, get rid of Rena," and I'm like, "You guys are crazy. You need or or when people would call to like have Ramona fired or have Vicky fired, I'm like, no. Or
0: fire Megan McCain from the View.
1: Eggs. Ex- oh Look my, my God. God. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm. This is part of the reason why I think it's unfortunate that Ellie went home, which was that I think she brought a chaos yeah. that yeah. her in her absence will be missed. Um, but I, I'm I'm all for someone like Sammy advancing in the game. So I actually take back what I said when I said I want to see his tor- <laughs> torch snuffed soon. It'll be more uh, I'll be more vindicated to see him go all the way because I. Yeah, but I, I guess I want to see more hatred of Sammy build up for the
0: players. Yeah, because um, that's what we're not seeing.
1: Yeah, Um, so I do, can we talk a little bit about the challenge? Absolutely. Um, So we get this split, this six, six, and with Noelle sitting out, and Jeff saying very explicitly uh, that it looks very even to him. Sean, did that breakdown look even to you? Also, I I should say, Noelle too, uh, very explicitly, she just, she can't choose, it looks so even. I didn't think it looked that even.
0: I would have chosen the red tribe personally, mm-hmm. um, who ended up losing.
1: Mm-hmm. But I just think from a, just looking
0: at things visually, it I think it didn't look even. <laughs> uh, I don't think it didn't look not even. Look, we had so on blue, we had Carla Gabler, Janine. Maybe not the three strongest-looking uh-huh. people. But then we had Ryan, Jesse, and Dwight, which, like, maybe Dwight's not the strongest-looking guy. I didn't think but Dwight like, was
1: that strong. Yeah.
0: But then on, on the red, we had Cody. Okay, strong. James, strong. Ellie, okay. Cassidy, strong. Owen, eh. Sammy, strong. Yeah, red stronger. But, like, and on he, first even impression, no- like, just looking at them, I was... At that point, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now.
1: I guess, but... And to neither did like,
0: Janine, right? Like, she didn't know what tribe she was on.
1: I wouldn't be bringing it up if it wasn't so explicitly sort of made clear about how even it was when it's like, am I, I did not look at the that breakdown. Now, granted, be, because of the survivor Great equalizer that is the puzzle, there's never, you know, you never really know in these mm-hmm. situations. But I just felt like the fact that both Jeff made a point to say it and then Noelle was saying it, I just was like, part of me was like, are they they being the producers trying to sort of like push back towards, I don't know if there's a conversation happening around this. I, I didn't, it felt like there was some sort of like we
0: were being signaled
1: about something. Anyone that might say that survivor is not fair. It's fair. Like that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, what would a, what wouldn't a bad team look like? Like what would a straight up bad team look like? Uh, and like, no offense to these people. Cause I know at least one of them listens. Carla Gabler, Janine,
1: but then on the one hand, I'm like Ellie. My, but like Janine's really good at puzzles, White. so it's like, yeah, I, I don't really know. Yeah, what factors in? But you know, that's a big, big ramp they got to get up. So I don't know. I, I have really to say, hard.
0: I liked the ramp. I like. I like the ramp too. Ramp.
1: I like. I, I mean, I'm always in favor of a ramp, but I like the fact that you kind of have to work together to figure out the best way to do it. But it's just funny because it's like. Jeff made it seem like it was this like really new and, and, and challenging thing. And like, literally, I think you had James and Cody or something run right up and just when, and then, and then he, Jeff was like, so shocked that they could just run up and, and, and do it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see how that's possible. You just kind of <laughs> run and then you grab the rope and you pull. Um, yeah. Also the puzzle. Then, I
0: don't think we'd ever seen the puzzle like that to be no, honest. No.
1: Yeah. Which was interesting because I don't think we get as many of those where you can literally like do it on the floor and then lift it Mm. up. But in spite of that, they still, no one was doing it on the floor.
0: So I don't think like technically you're not allowed to do the puzzles on the floor.
1: I've heard that. But But like in that, in
0: that kind of, there are some puzzles that lend themselves to like, if they're laying on the floor, you can kind of like in your mind, put them together. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're technically not allowed to put it together on the floor. Got it.
1: Okay, Um, Jeff-isms that I need to never hear on Survivor again. Um, This will be an ongoing list, I imagine. That's how you do it on Survivor Mm. is my least favorite thing that Jeff says. I (laughs) don't know what it means. I think he overuses it. I think he uses it in situations that do not, you know, merit it. But but I also don't want to give the phrase... It shouldn't even be said. Um, I don't know what it means. I don't know why he continually says it. It's just such like a I again, I think I, I'm hoping that you and I post forty three can sort of do a uh state of Jeff Propes sort of episode. Mm. But I think this along with Tribal, which we'll get to, um there's just I think we need a refresh and not on the face. I will say no, though, actually the face sorry. Is I, wait, but like, can I say, uh, I do think that the face is settling. I, I did notice um, that the face is settling.
0: Yeah, yeah. For I'll people that don't M-
1: know, uh, when you get Botox or fillers <laughs> or, you know, there's a lot that you can do to your face these days. Uh, when you first get it done, especially with fillers, um, it takes a little while to settle. So that's why sometimes you'll notice people, celebrities on a red carpet that, like, look really different but then you'll see them weeks later and they look more normal that that's sort of how things go which is why you kind of need to time out when you do these things time it out and so my sense is that you know whatever if you know i shouldn't say i don't know for certain if jeff Propes had something done to his face i think that the the necessary time has 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 lapsed and it's starting to look it's settling
0: yeah 12 days 12 days uh what else here there was is there any other jeffisms that you don't love? I hate dig deep I hate that I mean I know like I get it I know what it means but it's like you're not helping
1: Yeah I mean uh no nothing comes to mind straight away uh does he still say the tribe has spoken? Yeah okay um I like that one no i, I I'm and, and <laughs> may I just say like I am someone who like I like a tent pole like I like these I like a familiar beat. I mean, hello, we talk about how much we miss the theme song. So I'm not opposed to like Jeff having phrases that, you know, I liked come on in, you guys. I'm fine with come on in. Um, I like those. Do you know what I miss?
0: Do you know what I miss? I don't think he says this anymore. I could be dead wrong. I'm going to find out right after I record. I miss once the votes have been read, the decision is final. You'll be asked to leave tribal council area immediately. I miss that. that. I liked that one.
1: So I guess at this point, can we talk about tribal council
0: yeah, sure. Wait, there's I, one thing that there before oh yeah. we get to tribal. No, there is one thing I want to talk about. Owen, I think we should talk about Owen because we would be remiss to not mention one of the great flourishes of Survivor 43 editing which is Owen talking about how, well, there's, uh, uh, we we don't even know what's out there. There's so many advantages and idols, and I need the Chiron on the screen to see. And I I did think, like, it would have been funny or, like, cute-ish if they just left it at, when they added to his name, no advantage. That would have been funny. Mm -hmm. But no, we had to go. 18 steps further and start listing everything that owen knew was out there which i thought was really interesting because he knew more than i thought he would know so he knew about for example noelle Steele vote which makes sense because he was one of the people who went on the journey where she got that they let her choose nobody else risked their vote so they knew she had something but at some point on this merge this 24 hours before the challenge they obviously reconnected He asked what she got, and she told him because he knew. He said, "Noel has a steal vote." Again, something else we didn't see from Noel this episode. Um, But so he lists out all the things that he knows are out there. Um, Says, you know, there's got to be an idol over at Vessi. Who's that? Or no, that, he's, there's got to be an idol over at Coco. Don't know who it is, question marks. They changed that to Carla and then they add the Cody idol. Uh, so what we had on the screen in that moment was Cody idol, Carla idol, Noel steal a vote, Jesse, no vote, Janine idol and no vote, Gabler idol for one tribal. I would be, if I were Jeff watching the scene, I would be embarrassed. I would be like, don't put that in the show. What a mess. Who, like, why is this fun? Aligned. I think that, like, and and so if he's not
1: having that reaction, it's got to go towards the complete opposite, which is, like, Jeff just, like, loves the chaos. But mind you, this is the same Jeff Probst that when everyone gets up at tribal council and starts whispering and you have the live tribals, Jeff gets so excited. So I have to feel like, while I would wish he would have the reaction you just mentioned, it's very Jeff to think, no, 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 do this and do more of it and put it in the Chiron and keep adding to it and bump it up and bigger font and more yellow and bolder. Um, this all makes sense. I think that my larger takeaway, though, in sort of seeing it all put out on the screen as it is, is by injecting the game with this many variables, and obviously this is not the first season in which we have this, um, but they start to all sort of collectively mean less. There used to be a time where like, if everyone knew that someone had the idol, and I say the idol very pointedly, um, that would be either reason to go after them or like really powerful knowledge to have. When so many people have all this stuff, and mind you, there might be, in, in your mind, if you're playing Survivor 43, I would think you might think that there are new advantages out there that you don't know about, right? Like you have to imagine that like, there could be... Completely... We're going to see one
0: next week, apparently.
1: There you go. So I just think with all of these things at play and sort of the never being able to like get a foothold on the game um, from the player perspective, I don't know if that's necessarily like a good thing. I think that there's something... Um, you know, I used to always say like I, I sort of miss the no idol day days of the game, and now I'm sort of like moving towards like I just miss this singular idol or like the idea that like there's a thing that you can possess um, in the game. Now I feel like there's you, and then, and then and we're not even discussing the well. I guess we don't even need to really, but like the uh, the. Shot in the Dark, um, Mm -hmm. which is technically a part of the game, but we never talk about it anymore. Not you and I, but like the show itself. But like, there's just so many like twists and turns at present. I think it ends up depleting all of them to the point where they mean very little. To have an idol uh, in the game right now doesn't make you a target. And I think that sort of, uh, that's a bummer.
0: And I think a lot of people don't even consider using them. I like, I feel like we saw that on 42 and I can't from the top of my head pull out who had what and who didn't use it but like like, remember Drea was stacked with advantages and idols I don't think she really ever had to use them right I mean she did get voted out and probably could have used something but like you know it ultimately came to nothing it was fun to it was like interesting in the show to watch her collect all this shit and that she had all this stuff that she was survivor rich I mean it was the name of a it was the title of an episode and it came to nothing
1: right I just think that like we peaked with Parvati with the two idols using them in a single tribal I feel like we're never going to be able to have a multi-advantage moment payoff with the grand... I mean, in addition to the fact well, that...
0: Well, we did We did in David versus Goliath when Dan went home with the idol nullifier. There was a steal of vote. there was the idol played, and there was the idol nullifier played. I think oh, that's no. the, yeah, the yeah. absolute no, I, I, exception.
1: No, 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 I don't mean statistics. I don't mean like... I mean in terms of like television moment. I don't think anything will beat Parvati with a double idol.
0: You think that yeah. was... Uh, I mean, I, that was a big tribal.
1: I guess I would need to rewatch. But I'm just saying, I still think that, like, that... I, I, yeah, okay, so then maybe there's one... Was I more saying.
0: invested in the poverty moment? Yeah, because did I care whether Dan went home or Carl played the idol nullifier? Uh-huh. No, not, not at all. But, like, but in terms of, like, a tribal that, was well, that watchable, that was yeah. very exciting, yeah.
1: Well, let's say that versus Goliath. So, of course, it's watchable, which makes me think. I am just so curious to know. Like, I am... Oh, my God. Like, if there's one burning question I have, like... What is Mike White's assessment of season 43? If I could get just two minutes with him. I don't you think he would ever
0: get an honest. I like if I could get an honest, if I could just corner him at Jennifer Coolidge's house in New Orleans, I would ask him for his honest opinion off the record. Because See, you say
1: that I think he'd be fine with. I don't think he's like keeping it up the sleeve.
0: I don't know. He's like, he's very good friends with Jeff Probst. So I just think it publicly, I don't think he would want to shit on the show. If that's his genuine love feeling.
1: Then to have a falling out and to have him oh. be like, I'm uh, ready. Beget. I've been recording all the conversations and I'm ready to <laughs> speak. Um,
0: like move into documentary. Yeah.
1: Right. But no, I, I guess I'm just, I, I, because I feel the way I feel about it. It's like, I'm really interested in someone like Mike White, who has this great love and reverence for the show. I like, that's why I think I enjoyed hearing Jerry's perspective so much because it's like, I don't need everyone to share my opinion that the present version of the show is not good. Uh, part of me is like, sell, like if it's someone whose opinion I care about, please by all means sell me on what's working about the show that I'm not seeing. I'm willing, I'm always willing to have my, my perspective changed, but it's gotta be by people that I, with whom I, I think that they, you know, and, and that was the case for me with Jerry where I was like, wow, Jerry's seeing all these things that I'm not seeing. Maybe I need to look at it differently. And Mike White is definitely one of those people. So I guess like, I, I would love to hear from someone like Mike White uh, or, or, or perhaps he's like, no, this actually is the show's gone to shit. But I'm, um, I, I really, I'm craving his perspective.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I talk to people like Jerry, like Mary that, I I can get really caught up in the in the world of survivor and how I feel about it, and when I sort of like vibe off somebody like you who feels the same way, I can get really worked up, and uh, then you then I like talk to Jerry and I'm like, oh wait, this actually doesn't matter, and <laughs> like this show is stupid and it doesn't really matter ultimately and like i ultimately wouldn't even be watching this if it wasn't for the podcast uh because i as i've said many times before i stopped after game changers um so yeah sometimes it sometimes as share once said on twitter sometimes it's important to stop think and reflect mm. i'm i'm misparaphrasing her but
1: as Jamie Lee Curtis once said on Twitter, you are not content, you are a human being. Wow. Profound. Wow. Um, I will say, though, like, the moment that we get a modern All-Stars on Drop Your Buffs, you and me, and we're not talking about the legend season, we're just talking about the next All-Stars, we are going to be shaking in our boots. Like, totally. Like, that is going to wake us the fuck up.
0: And it doesn't even matter if it's good or bad. I'm just going to feel like my time has come.
1: Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, it will all be worth it. Which is one of those things where it's like, I don't. I definitely feel like the first four episodes of this season were not good. Like, I, I do not think that they were good episodes of Survivor. But part of me is like, well, is it, is, and this is bigger than Survivor, but like, is life sort of about like, is it the journey or is it the destination? And everyone always says it's the journey, but I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe it is the destination, you know? <laughs> maybe
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: okay oh, but 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 can i go back to tribal though yeah what i wanted to say and I, this is not an, an original opinion by any measure and it's one that they talked about um surprisingly honestly on know-it-alls i felt um tribal is not hitting <laughs> mm-hmm. um there's something and this is something i was unaware of were you aware that What they were saying on Know It Alls is that, you know, Tribal last night was about 10 minutes long. And they were saying that back in the day, Tribal used to just be a few minutes. I don't remember it ever being that short. It doesn't feel like significantly longer than in the past. But what does feel different is like, we're just starting to hit the same beats over and over again. And sometimes there is a reason for Tribal. Sometimes there are things to hash out. Sometimes there is great mystery around where things are going to go. But in an episode like this, where it was never actually presented that there was any viable option outside of Ellie to go home, where the great mystery was whether or not Janine was going to use her idol, but I felt like she was never going to use her idol because there was never any, there was one like minor conversation that we saw about that, but never any real consideration. And also as any, I, I think, I think it was pretty obvious that it's not in Janine's best interest to use her idol this early on, blah, 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 blah. Um, so then you sort of ask yourself, well, then what do we what do we need to hash out at Tribal? And I think the answer in a situation like this is not much. So the question then is, and you know, knowing the fact that Tribal goes a lot longer than we see on television, do we need to allocate an even, every episode needs to allocate the same amount of time to Tribal?
0: Yeah, no. There used to be a time, I feel like, when if you looked at the clock and it was like, 847 and they were going to tribal you knew something was going to happen there was going to be a tie or there was going to be a blow up at tribal now it's standard that they're going at 847 848 and that the last 10 to 12 minutes are going to be dedicated to tribal sometimes they'll even put a commercial break in between the tribal now and so well at least yeah. we're
1: not having to get what was the commercials that we were getting last season for like rob's reality show that he was you know uh, talking well, about. well i don't even think he
0: was on it i think he was just promoting it tough as nails
1: uh, yeah so at least we're not getting that anyway <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> no now we're just getting uh, the real love boat or whatever it's called that's true <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> which is tanking in the ratings um I was look. I was looking at ratings this week because I wanted to see how Survivor was doing. And you know, the, the another death knell for the ninety minute episode. It was the lowest rated episode this season, mm. and it was only this that episode and last week's episode were the only ones this season that dipped below the five million mark. So we'll see how last night did, but. Yeah, to the point about Tribal, it's interesting that everybody always talks about, you know, for all of Jeff's faults, he's a great host and he's a great interviewer and he's able to draw things out of people uh, very seamlessly and very uh, seemingly easily. And I'm not seeing that anymore. I am not seeing that Jeff anymore. And I give him credit because I think he can do that and he probably does. But why we're getting this version of Jeff and these kinds of questions imagine last night if at tribal instead of asking like what's it like being at the merge what's it like living on a tribe what if he was like okay oh so I hear last I hear today was chaotic what happened oh Gabler threw out Ellie's name well and then you know that he probes the different angles of that well does it not then make sense to keep ellie do you want to play with somebody like gabler who's throwing out names what if he throws out your name what do you think about gabler hey carla what do you think about ellie you know like those kinds of questions are far more far more interesting than like what does it say about survivor Mm -hmm. when you know those do you know what it's giving um
1: I feel this way often about the Real Housewives reunions now, where they used to be one episode, then they expanded to two, then they expanded to three, and there have been, even been two instances, I believe, when we've, when we've gone into four, um, four parts. And one of the consequences of that is like some seasons warrant a four part reunion because there is so much to unpack. But and and now they have dropped down to two in some instances, which is a signal of like. We don't know much here, but like I think about the most recent reunion, uh, the Dubai reunion that happened recently, or even just, oh, oh my God, no, this last Atlanta three-part reunion. There was nothing to talk about. This was sort of a formality that the show has built in because sometimes, like what's happening right now in Beverly Hills, A lot has transpired in the interim since the show was filmed. Um, and also just things to revisit, you know, with, uh, the perspective that can only be brought about by time away. Um, but the, but this is an example of like, the show has this format built in, um, and I understand why, again, we were, we were saying earlier, it's like tent poles good. Um, but sometimes there's just not a thing to talk about, um, and there's only so many times you can sort of have these sort of the, these existential conversations about life or the ways in which Survivor, you know, emulates life. Or Yeah, I feel like that's an aspect of the show that could be retooled a bit, especially in episodes where there's just not much to say. Or is there opportunity to like have conversations getting to know people? Um, so instead of those packages that we had early on in the season, which, by the way, like went away. And also Mm -hmm. like some people didn't get one, some people did. Um, Could this be just opportunities for people to tell their story more? What I'm getting at is, are there just, are there ways to retool tribal?
0: I don't even think that they need to retool it. I think that he's asking all the same questions as he was typically asked. I think they're just picking out different moments to use. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's to like hide the way that people are actually feeling from the audience, which I've always hated that they're trying to deceive or blindside the audience as opposed to uh, the what's actually happening there. Um, but I have no doubt that Jeff is still asking these probing questions about the dynamics and the specific dynamics that are playing out in the tribe. They're just not showing us that because they're favoring, like, sweeping statements about what Survivor means to these people and what Survivor means in the world more broadly. And it's like, we've heard it all before, and I don't care.
1: Yeah. Well, Sean, that's how you do it on Survivor. (laughs) Um, Okay, riddle me this. You're going to hate that I'm putting you on the spot with this. Um, rate rate this season of Survivor, uh, the first six episodes on a scale of one to ten.
0: Um, Four. A solid four.
1: <laughs> Can a four be solid? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to change things up. S- excuse me. I am going to change things up this week. So rather than do an emoji, I would like people to put, their number, you know, let's rate the uh, air quotes pre merge uh, portion of Survivor Season 43. Can you give me a one through 10 with the caveat? I'd like you to use the number emojis. Mm. So, not mm-hmm. the number. Not, if you put a number, it will not count. And we'll crunch this data, and we'll report back at the top of next week's episode. I'll crunch the data, Sean. Actually, Billy will crunch the data. Um, <laughs> Just get, but get yeah, Billy to please crunch give it. us your number of and and, and I don't want to say more about sort of this this. It's open to how you interpret this, but on a one to ten, where are you putting the first six episodes of Survivor forty
0: three? Forest may be harsh. Maybe I would do five. Like I haven't hated it. I don't think four is like signals hatred though. It's a 40% to fail.
1: It's not a, but like to me, it's like a two is like, I hated it. Okay.
0: So going into tribal, Ellie's plan that she had pitched that we had seen was to split the vote on Cassidy and James. Um, She had told Coco to vote for Cody. Obviously, that didn't happen. Cody got no votes last night, which I just feel like there was a different way that Ellie could have played this, which was that she could have, uh, you know strategically leaked information about his idol got people to blindside him like i do think there was an argument to be made and she didn't make it in the same way that i think she mishandled her balker relationship so badly that when she was confronted with the truth she got uh defensive and started berating her the only people who as she was aware were going to work with her like sammy and owen for example So, you know, I think she got what she deserved in this episode, unfortunately, but it was fun to watch her while it lasted. The vote was a little wild, though, because I don't know what happened, actually, because we had a couple people go along with the Ellie-Janine plan, um, being Owen and Noel. They went along with that split vote plan. And then seven people voted for Ellie, which was refreshing to see, actually, that they weren't concerned that Janine was going to play an idol, despite the fact that some people at least knew about Janine's idol. It was nice to see everyone just pile on in like an old school sort of way that we're putting all our eggs in this basket, except that Carla voted for Owen, as an outlier, Owen got one vote. I assume there's something to that about whether Ellie was going to play her shot in the dark or whether Janine was going to play her idol for Ellie, but it still wouldn't have worked because James did end up getting two votes. So James Mm -hmm. would have gone home in that situation. So I'm very curious, you know, if we ever talk to Carla, this is a big question I have is, how was it that she ended up voting for Owen?
1: I'm confident that we will talk to Carla now, I am curious if it if, if we get a whole season in which the shot in the dark once again is inconsequential. Do you think that they go into 44 and is is there cuz I would still think that they would use it, but is there a chance that they scrub it from 44 if it's not fact I'm I'm actually surprised they didn't scrub it from this season. Yeah, me too. Um because it's barely been mentioned let alone used this season and it's like at what point do you fall on your sword
0: it makes me think it might be used at some point right maybe as the numbers could get, get dwindled down but when you say it.
1: is it used successfully or is it used with no impact well whether <laughs> it's used
0: successfully or not they yeah have to yeah, show yeah. It. but
1: they're like setting up something
0: yeah okay so there's one other thing i forgot to mention from this episode the episode title is mergatory uh which is said in this episode by cassidy of course, Cassidy did not come up with this on her own. And this is becoming a bit of a theme for Cassidy in Survivor and in the real world because (laughs) "mergatory" was first uttered, first coined by the great Tiffany Seeley in Survivor 41. And of course, these people would have seen the merge of Survivor 41, uh, not the merge of Survivor 42. I believe that they were playing when that aired. And so... She's borrowing this term from Tiffany, just like she borrowed the Photoshopped image that I memed for Twitter and tweeted it as her own. Uh, so Cassidy, she'll always be plagiarizing.
1: Cassidy, you're on watch, babe. <laughs> now wait, what what when when I don't remember season 41 for several reasons. Um, but in what what was the merge, what was mergatory in season 41? What was actually happening?
0: So that was where they were split into two teams. Erica went to exile where she was dealing with the hourglass. They didn't know that at the time. I think Tiffany was on the losing side of the group.
1: And they just swapped.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in between the time that the losers became the winners, I think that she said, we don't know where we are. We're in Mergatory.
1: But like, I feel like Cassidy's not like, this wasn't
0: Mergatory. <laughs> So Cassidy I mean, I guess said it's,
1: it. I get what she's saying, but it's, I guess it's like it's being used differently than Tiffany's
0: meaning. I think Cassidy said it before the challenge. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. so she was like, we don't know ah, what this is. We like We're literally don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Got it.
1: I don't think you're loving Cassidy.
0: I actually do like Cassidy. I think that she, I think that she carries herself like she's much more iconic than she is in the show. I talked about this last week. If if I was equating, remember that Coco Alliance to the Todd Amanda uh, Courtney Alliance, and I think that look, we don't need to get into that right now. (laughs) But uh, I, I I made some points, but I will say that this is my point: is that I think that Cassidy thinks she's a Courtney. Uh huh. But okay. at the end of the day, she's waking up and looking in the mirror, and she's a Cassidy.
1: Well, I will just say, though, uh, thinking about what's her name? Um, iconic bisexual queen from Micronesia. Natalie. Oh, Natalie Bolton. Yeah. Natalie Bolton woke up in the 11th hour of Survivor Micronesia and became True. iconic. She was not on the show until like the final episodes. So I do think, again, sometimes it's about the destination, not the journey. But what's funny about the Cassidy thing is it's like, she wasn't on season 43, then last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it became the Cassidy show, and then this week it's sort of like she's back in the trenches. Wait, no, is the trenches mean, no, trenches means you're in it, right? Yeah. No, isn't trenches like you're under?
0: If no, the trenches, the trenches, like, means, like, I, like, I'm in the trenches, like, I'm in the middle of the battle.
1: Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, okay, she was in the trenches last week, joined the cast all of a sudden, and then this week it was sort of like, mm, actually, wait, let's walk it back. So Cassidy's interesting in that, like, it's just a very, like, uneven edit, whereas, like, with Carla, for instance, it's like, we've got a very even-keeled yeah. amount of Carla on this show. Um, whereas with Cassidy, it's like, where, where are you, girl? It's like, well, she's yeah. on Twitter, stealing your content.
0: Yeah, I think that if Cassidy is going to wake up and become iconic, it's all going to depend on how many quotes by other people she can remember to regurgitate as her own. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. She could do it. She's got a lot of practice. Okay, so let's leave it there. We'll wrap it up. If you want more Drop Your Buffs, of course, you can always check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash drop your buffs. Where we will be continuing our Borneo rewatch. Evan is back. We're ready to dig back into Borneo. Very excited to do that. That's how you do it on our Patreon. <laughs> That's how you do it. Uh, drop your buffs, and so you can also follow us at Drop Your Buffs Pod on Instagram and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can you subscribe on Spotify? I think you can. I think you can like. Doesn't matter, but you can review on Spotify. You can rate, and uh, we actually do have some ratings over there, which I was surprised to learn. Uh, but do write this and review it wherever you get your podcast. It does help people find us. And remember the oh, emoji yeah. one through
1: ten where you're at with the first six episodes of Survivor Forty Three. And everyone, tune into the White Lotus season two premiere this Sunday because yes. It's relevant to drop your buffs.
0: It's gonna be. Should very we relevant. like become
1: a White Lotus season? Two? Oh, I guess it's not enough for. It. Mm, eh, I, I think we'll talk about it. We'll discuss. We'll discuss out. the premiere. Yeah. Keep your eyes out. Yes. Eyes open. Ears wide. Eyes open. Nose there are at
0: least two to three survivors appearing in the premiere.
1: No misogyny there. What do you mean? Well, I was saying because Sammy's a misogynist. I'm saying just the, who we're going to see. It's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> no misogynist. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No misogyny on the I love sometimes,
1: white it's just like, you're, when I say, it's like, you can see the thing when it's like, it's you, what I've said is like not quite registering. And it's not a reflection of you. It's it's often a reflection of me, but I just love like the visual medium of this of like me catching or like yeah. when I make a joke, I can like watching to see like if it's good based off of your facial reactions. <laughs> not that I've like love got that. jokes over here, but you know
0: what I mean. You got some jokes. Thank you. Okay. You
1: were funny. You were fucking, we were cracking up. Uh, you had some really funny moments.
0: I don't even, I, I, I wasn't even cracking jokes. You had a few. Okay. You did. I appreciate that. Well, I'll be here all week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.